0: In today's episode, we're discussing our tips and tricks for traveling with small children. Hey everyone, welcome to the Pape Fatigue podcast, the podcast for dads, by dads. With the recent change in masking guidance from the CDC, it really feels like we're turning a page on the pandemic and that's got us dreaming about traveling again. So today we're talking about our tips and tricks for traveling with small children. But first, here's my deal. I'm Dave, I have a seven-year-old girl and a four-year-old boy. I'm Jim, I've got a seven-year-old girl and a five-year-old girl. So after a year of being cooped up, many of us are itching to get out of town. A recent survey from Travelocity has predicted that family travel will be the first type of travel to rebound in 2021. And this is due to the fact that parents are twice as likely to have traveled since the start of the pandemic compared to non-parents. The survey found that parents say they have greater familiarity with the changes in the travel industry and are inclined to take trips sooner, plan earlier, and reserve earlier than non-parents. Overall, they found that 60% of travelers say they're planning a post-pandemic trip within the next nine months. 24% of travelers are planning to go to a familiar destination. 30% are going to take a road trip or a beach trip. And 26% are planning a weekend getaway. So, Jim, I don't know about you, but I am getting stir-crazy. My kids want out. They want to go somewhere, anywhere. Um, And I'm just wondering, how much travel do you do in a typical year normally?
1: Yeah, we're we're missing it also. I'm ready to get, start doing some traveling. Usually, we do. As of last year, we started a, a what's going to be an annual camping trip for about 10 days. Go up to um, oh, go nice. up to the mountains. We usually go to my mother-in-law's place in in Hawaii for about a week. Usually, that's in about October, and then we'll usually take one other trip to family, uh, some sort of plane trip that we got to go to to visit my brother or uh, some of my wife's family, um, and that's about it. And then you know, it's been a while since we've planned a what i'd call a big trip a europe trip or something like that but i think that's on the horizon you know kids are getting old enough that they're going to remember the trip so it's worth it's worth spending the money on uh to get more (laughs) than just pictures uh and they're easier to travel with which is what we're talking about tonight yeah absolutely
0: yeah you know for us normally as i've mentioned in previous podcasts my wife is from asia so we usually go out to asia we might string a couple of countries together while we're out there because you know they're close um and you can kind of bang out a few on a layover or something like that. Uh, not a ton of road trips. Typically, we really just sort of have that one big trip to Asia, and that's kind of it. Um, but I think you know, on the back end of of coming out of COVID, we'll probably maybe look to do a few more closer home trips as we so just get sort of more used to what the you know travel is like, airplane travel is like specifically, um, you know, with COVID. So, have you done any
1: travel since the ban- since the beginning of the pandemic? Hitting this year mark has been interesting to kind of reflect on that because I, I hadn't realized that we had done so that I had spent so few nights uh, in a bed outside of my own house. Mm. And so, what we did is we we did that camping trip last summer, which was an interesting experience. And I'm not; sure, it, it felt um, it felt like a like a trip into foreign territory. You know, to, <sighs> like we were we had cut the tether we were now off in the you know off in the woods it was i mean literally it was um it was an interesting experience so anyhow we spent uh nine days up in the mountains it's about a four-hour drive to get there and so having to stop at the you know the restaurants and the, the gas stations on the way there just felt a little weird once we got to the mountains it was fine and then we went to we went up to the mountains to stay in a cabin with some friends of ours a couple of weeks ago and that felt more normal you know they were vaccinated where my family's halfway vaccinated and uh, you know we didn't wear masks in the house or anything like that it felt felt okay you know we especially in the summer i think started to go a little stir crazy
0: and i was like let's get out of town and let's go find an airbnb and of course i mean everybody was trying, everybody was trying to get away and find an airbnb where they could be by themselves you know with a swimming pool and i'm like all right let's find either some sort of like barn or you know some <laughs> sort of swimming pool that we have access to and of course things were booked you know months out and so you know I, we tried to do it on a whim too we we're like can we try and book like this weekend or the next weekend and it just uh we couldn't get it to work so unfortunately we we didn't go anywhere at all um over the summer and you know i think i've mentioned in other podcasts my daughter just she just wants to find a pool and just mm-hmm, just wants to get mm-hmm. back in the pool um so, you know, that was unfortunate. This year we might hopefully plan a little bit better. Although, I mean, at this point, it feels like you'd have to be planning for what, July, August, yeah. since we haven't done anything yet. Uh, but we did do a short local beach vacation during spring break. So it was just uh, two nights and three days, but it was great. We had a we found a little Airbnb that was right on the beach. So the kids would play on the beach and it was five feet away from the porch. Um, and so that was, it was nice. And it was it was sort of a semi-private beach, which we hadn't realized too. So that was really, um, really, really good. So, you know, what are you planning for, for 2021? You know, it sounds like you're going back to this, you're gonna go back camping again, it's like same place, same deal, or are you gonna go
1: try and go somewhere else? Yeah, the camping thing is kind of unique for the family. My wife's family went to this one campground when she was growing up for years. And so we've kind of carried on the tradition. So same place, probably even the same campground, same time of year. So that will be nice. Uh, but similar to you, we may be planning these kind of these shorter trips. You said, you know, short trip out to the coast. I've got a lot of friends, my brother's done it where they're taking these short trips, these three or four day trips that are like an hour or an hour and a half away from home, which is weird for me because I think, I think I need to be far enough away from home that I can't like race home and do something real fast. You know, <laughs> really feel like I'm on vacation, but uh. Being stuck in the house with uh, with COVID, I mean, that's it's a nice change just to be an hour, an hour and a half away and be in the woods or on the coast or something like that. So we might try a couple of those. And then we will go visit some family um, in the South for the holidays. Well, we're planning to now. So far, it looks like that's going to work out.
0: Yeah, is that going to be plane travel? Are you guys going to jump in the car? Or what do you think in there? Yeah,
1: so we'll be, we'll be taking a plane. I think it's a direct flight, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it is three quarters of the country away. So we're, you know... I think earlier uh,
0: in the in this year i was telling my daughter well there's maybe a small chance that we might be able to travel in october because we have this sort of random october school break and you know i'm still kind of not quite sure you know it really feels like until there's a vaccination for children i think right now it's 16 and up i think they're working on 12 and up but our kids are still a little bit away from 12 and up you know i'm not I'm not clear if I would feel comfortable yet going to like a Disneyland with the kids or something like that. So, you know, I'm not sure. And I kind of feel like, well, you know, at that point, do we are, you know, it's part of it also that we're just sort of saving the money that we would have otherwise used on a trip and maybe take a slightly bigger trip or, you know, stay in a hotel. Like, for instance, Disneyland, right? Maybe you stay in a Disneyland hotel. Mm-hmm. Where you're at the park versus, you know, off-site where you now right. have to take the shuttle in or park. You know, so I'm kind of debating, like, is that the better play to just say, hey, you know, we're just going to pass on this year again. But certainly by next summer, you know, we should feel pretty comfortable. You know, and I think that, yeah, we'll probably still try and pull off the, you know, couple days here, couple days there. So It doesn't mean that we won't travel at all, but... Um, yeah, I think the kids really kind of want to get out and they're sort of sick of, of being in the city. And it's funny because it's not like it's not like we used to travel that much out of the city before. But I think it's that, you know, they know that they're not supposed to
1: go anywhere. And so, exactly you know, yeah. by
0: definition, they want out. They want out as fast as possible.
1: It's strange that I didn't realize how much travel was a part of my life until it was taken away. You know, I wouldn't have thought mm-hmm. that was something, you know, what do you like to do? I like to travel. That's not necessarily true. But I, there's a certain rhythm that, and my wife and I had in our, since in our marriage, you know, certain trips we do here or there. And and to have that taken away has been been a very strange void. Think something that I didn't realize I had until it was gone. And, it, you know, our kids and yours are also feeling that same way.
0: Yeah, you know, it's funny. So I uh, use Google Maps and I allow for the Google Maps to track me. And, and they send every month, they send a sort of a summary of where you've been. Oh, and interesting. It's just interesting to see that. They're see like, oh, you've been patterns. to... Right. And they show you like, oh, you know, this month you've been to, you know, two new cities and you've spent, you know, whatever, 10 hours in the car. And it's funny because I can, I can look at the number of hours I spent in the car. And I'm like, you know, before COVID, the entire month's worth of hours that I have spent in the car, that was like one week of commuting <laughs> yeah. for me, you know, because I had a pretty long commute. And I'm like, yeah, that, that would have been done in a week uh, prior to COVID. So it, yeah, it's just kind of interesting. And it, it sort of quantifies how much Mm-hmm. You know, I, in particular, I am not leaving the house. So I mean it's, it's, uh, it's a reminder, I guess, of, yeah. of all of the other things that this has taken away, you know, just exactly. sort of the, the things you take for granted, as you point out. So as you kind of think about road trips, and, and the kinds of things you guys have done, what are some of your, some of your tips on on uh, road trips?
1: The big win last year on our way up to the camping trip was a was a porta potty, and I had never thought about this before. But it's a you know yeah. like uh, like for you did for potty potty training, except it's got a little got a little shield in it. You know, I throw a little cat litter in there, so when the girls, uh, you know, need to make a rest stop, we don't have to pull into a dirty gas station. We can you know go into a rest area or find a private place to pull the car over. It's fantastic. I mean, it was a great move. And, I, and again, I don't know why I'd never thought about it before. I guess we never had to because we weren't in a pandemic. So that was uh, that was a big change, and uh, and I think it really worked. Particularly, you know, like I say, it's about a four four and a half hour drive, so that saved us a lot of trouble. Uh, also, I've got this trick that I use in the road trip where I crank up the uh, the heat just a little bit, you know, 74, 75 degrees. Girls just knock out and they sleep, <laughs> just doze away. And then when we get close to where we're stopping, I, I turn on the air conditioner and some fresh air or something. They kind of wake up naturally. It's really nice. It's a nice, nice. way to. Give us a little peace and quiet. I just have to make sure I don't fall asleep with the, with <laughs> right, the heat. that's a good move. Good move. But uh, but yeah, it's a trick that I learned from flight attendants. You just put everybody to sleep with a little bit of heat, <laughs> let them let them doze off, and then you know you get some peace and quiet.
0: Uh, I'm curious about the porto potty. Can they go to the bathroom in the like? Do they do it in the car? Like, do you have an SUV and they go in the yeah. trunk, or do you take it outside and then yeah, we, we just got behind a, the
1: car? Yeah, we got a like a. I don't know, what do you call it? Midsize? midsize small mm-hmm. SUV. Mm-hmm. And so we got a deck, you know, we got a deck in the rear that the, that they can set up down there. Which, is, it's funny because that that's always been like the bathroom, right? When the kid,
0: when you needed to change diapers. Yeah, and exactly. And they were young. You, just yeah. put them, you put them on that deck, it was the perfect size. I remember, we. that's kind of what we were thinking about when we got our car for our, our kid. We're like, this could be very, very useful <laughs> for impromptu diaper changes. That's right, diaper changes,
1: naps. Yeah, picnics
0: yeah yeah actually we've eaten we've eaten out of the trunk of the car in particular you know with covid so there have been a few just kind of day trips that we've gone on and you know you can't there's nowhere to mm-hmm. eat and right so you take it back to the car and um and one, one time in particular we left the suv at home and so we just had the sedan and the kids are sitting in the trunk eating food mm-hmm. it's was, it was great it worked out fine yeah. so you know on my end for um tips and tricks i guess you know one thing is the kids don't get their own devices so we fill the space with with podcasts and and other audiobooks so th- their go-to is stories podcast i don't know if you've heard that one but that one's really good i mm-hmm. think the stories are fun and um it, it's just they don't always have moral dilemmas or anything but they're just kind of fun stories and, and some of them are pretty long they can be as short as 12 minutes, but some go a decent amount. And uh, one of the other things I've actually started to do is I've taken all of my records from when I grow up and mm-hmm. I've converted them all to digital. So that's kind of in, ro- like that's vinyl, in heavy you've rotation. Taken, you've taken your yeah. vinyl? Wow. I've converted all the vinyl to digital in the car. And actually just recently, I have let my four-year-old understand that this is actually where they, it comes from vinyl. And so he's now using the record player. Um, and so, which is great because that was my whole thing is that I want him to be able to put on whatever he wants. And that's one of the things we've lost with the, with the move, you know, the shift to digital. So he, he has full control over whatever he wants to listen to, uh, at least at home. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so that's kind of, those are in heavy rotation in the car, you know, actually even, uh, just when we're around town or anything. And then just kind of like the standard stuff that people do, right? Travel bingo. I don't know if you grew up on travel Mm -hmm. bingo, but you know, I certainly did on the long road trips. Uh, We've got you know the Melissa and Doug water wow books. You you know, it's just you put a little water in there. And then I think for our oldest, she's got a like a little table. I used a clipboard at first. Oh, actually, here's a tip that I did. So um, you know, there's the I think it's Crayola color wow, right? It's those those pens that they only the color only comes off on a certain type of paper. right? So when uh-huh. you look at the pens, they're all white. And so what I did for, I think one of our very first road trips is I, I think it came with a set of f- five and I actually attached the five of them to a clipboard with some string so that she wouldn't lose them. And mm-hmm. so she could just draw on that. And so they were taped together or it was a little bit of string and then taped it so that she wouldn't lose any of them. The caps were all taped and that um, kept everything nice and neat. For the first road trip, so that was a uh, that's a little tip there. The other, I guess, the other, the only other kind of thing that's maybe not as obvious is I I do always tend to break up long trips. You know, every kind of couple hours or so. Like if we're doing a six eight hour trip, we'll do the you know pull off on a you know side. Place. And it's either an activity or somewhere to walk around, or I might just throw like a soccer ball or something in the trunk just to get out and run around. And I usually do plan my trips though. I, I think the website's called Road Trippers. And you can basically say, All right, I'm going from point A to point B and show me all the stuff along the way. And nice. so I will basically, you know, in advance plan the rest stop so I know, okay, if we can just make it to this point. You know they'll get a good thirty-minute run-in because there's some kids' activity or something. There's um, th- there's actually one place in particular. You know if you go down south, it's about I don't know three hours away, and there's it's like a restaurant. They have this little cowboy town and like mm-hmm. it's this huge rest stop. That's you know it's it's really built for the kids. And so that's kind of one of those things where we actually will plan our departure time. Mm -hmm. So that we can roughly arrive there at lunch so then they can get out, run around, eat some lunch and then get back in the car. They'll doze and we have, you know, two or three more hours in the car. And then, you know, at that point, you know, we're basically almost there. So I think, you know, pre-planning the breaks is helpful versus going like, all right, the kids are freaking out. Uh It's time to pull over. Right. Kind of getting it out in advance and, and being being proactive on that. Oh, and then uh, don't forget the sunshade because we just on right. the the road trip that we just took we we forgot the sunshade and he wasn't he wasn't super annoyed but I could see that uh, you know our son was on the sun side the whole time so that that did sort of suck <laughs> I, I'm wondering Jim you know one of the things that my daughter has noticed recently is there are cars. Some of her friends have cars with devices, you know, built in like the old yeah. you know, minivans and stuff like that. Where they're Do you guys do uh, devices
1: on road trips? Do you kind of stick them in front of screens or how do you handle that? No, we don't do the, the screens in the car. I think part of it is just concern about motion sickness. I know that when you're on the interstate or the highway, it's probably not that big of a deal. But I also I don't want to get in the habit of that. You know, look out the window, try to learn how to yeah. entertain yourself. Read a book, color, talk to mom and dad, you know, hit your sister or whatever it is that you do in the backseat. Uh, yeah and there, there are some people that they've got the, the, the screen that they can mount on the back of the car so you know they watch movies like they could in, in an airplane maybe i will consider that someday but I think it's premature now
0: yeah I feel like uh, you know the the fighting and all that like that's a rite of passage of the road trip <laughs> exactly right? like, it's just, that is part of the road trip yeah. that you know someone's gonna Stay have a side. fight and, right like when, okay are we there yet like that's just part of it and, like yeah. quiet and you know picking the music and all that stuff, I—that is the those those are the memories that I have of road trips, and so, you know, I I think that's part of what it is. Actually, one of the one of the fondest memories I have of road trips growing up is, when we were kids, we always when we would take road trips, we'd always get up at the crack of dawn, yeah, likewise. and so right, so the first the first stop is to the donut shop because it's the only thing that's open, and we didn't grow up with. Kind of pastries or donuts so it was always like a treat and so there'd be you know milk and a donut in the car and it's you know whatever five in the morning and then you know you eat breakfast and you go back to sleep and you know you're maybe halfway there at that point but um, our family cannot get out that early much to my shame. Yeah. <laughs> but, but oh all so many times
1: i thought we would so many plans that yeah turned into nine o'clock <laughs> right I, yeah even, I, these, even
0: before the dawn right uh, these these days i usually i have a, a sort of a time when I plan to leave and then say okay if it's within this if it's within the hour exactly I'll yeah. feel pretty good and then usually that I can make that work so on airline trips or international trips right these are going to be a lot more complicated what kind of what kind of tips do you have on on airline flights
1: we do use devices on the airplane and they're actually, I was going to say they're better now that they're older, but I, it's been a year and a half since we've been on a plane with them. But at the beginning, I mean, here's some things not about airplanes, uh, tips about airplanes. Don't take a red eye. That was something that we tried early on. Like it's, <laughs> this is great. The girls will sleep all night. You know, they'll, you know, we don't have to worry about it. It'd be a, you know, coast to coast trip. No, it was a nightmare. It was awful. They didn't sleep. We didn't sleep. no one is saying the next day it was nuts. So that's not a tip. Uh, for, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had fine headphones and devices. So they got the iPads. We download some TV shows and, you know, there's some game apps, but usually TV shows and movies and that's, that'll keep them entertained for quite a while. Uh, and all the usual stuff, coloring books, some things to read. Um, we have, uh, uh, when the girls were younger, particularly, I'm thinking of the first one when she was about 18 months or two years old, we... We got a, a tip from a friend of ours where we we brought a, a box of chocolates or a bag of chocolates for the flight attendants. So we got on the plane and we kind of saw that you know whatever flight attendant was at the front, you assume it's you know the head flight attendant or whatever. Kind of pull them mm-hmm. aside and be like, look, you know this is our first flight. We've got, you know a young a young baby. We're really sorry. Here's a box of chocolates, <laughs> and that is solid gold because when the kid starts to cry. <laughs> and everybody around you starts to complain and look at you, you know, look sideways at you, Mm -hmm. flight attendants got your back, you know, it's, it is, it's not, and you know, I've talked to some friends who are flight attendants, they don't care, it's the gesture, you know, it's the gesture Mm -hmm. of like, hey, this is gonna make your job harder, you know, we're really sorry Mm -hmm. about it. So Mm -hmm. that's um, that's a solid tip I give to new parents that just just try to, you know, you get some allies that way. I like your story about
0: the red eye. So one of the earlier trips we took to Asia, So from where we are, most of the flights to Asia leave at about one in the morning. And so our daughter was super keyed up. She was, I don't know, maybe five years old. She was super keyed up. So, you know, we leave for the airport. It's 10 p.m. And I'm like, all right, well, at least she'll sleep in the car. Doesn't sleep in the car. (laughs) We get to the airport. You know, it's 11 o'clock. You gotta be there two hours early. I'm like, okay, she'll fall asleep at the airport. Doesn't fall asleep in the airport. Get on the airplane. I'm like, all right, she's going to be out. Turns out on a... 13 hour flight that left at one in the morning i believe she slept for about two hours so, oh my goodness yeah that was brutal and part of the problem there was uh, was the fact that she could watch video the whole time so like mom mm-hmm. and dad we went to sleep and she was just on so i guess <laughs> i guess one lesson there is that yeah if the kid is allowed to watch video the whole t- they, they'll just yeah, they'll they will do it right <laughs> they yeah. will and so yeah i mean we are uh of the same mind as you that, you know, there's not a ton of screen time at home, but when it comes to flights, man, devices, devices, you know, download all this stuff. So I, the last time we came back from Asia, I now know what the Netflix download limit is. You cannot yeah. download more than a hundred episodes because I hit uh-huh. that limit. So, um, you know, I, I like to make sure there's a lot of options for the kids. But also the thing is, part of the reason I download too is I always assume that the in-flight entertainment system is not going to work exactly because if i'm right i'm a 13-hour flight and it doesn't work we have problems and i've seen that one time i was flying domestically this may a six hour flight, something like that and i don't know if the family wasn't prepared or what like but it was clear that the kids had planned to watch devices and it just Mm -hmm. for whatever reason wasn't working and they had no backup like they didn't have books they had no they had nothing to entertain those kids and that was a miserable flight for those of us mm-hmm. that were sort of in the general vicinity, so you know the opposite of sort of what you are doing by sort of you know getting the, the the flight attendants on your side, like those guys didn't do themselves any favors. So <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, yeah, devices all day long. You just got to make sure you turn them off and, and sort of set some limits. You know, the first time we traveled, our daughter was 18 months, and and that was to Asia, and so we did a test flight where we just booked something close to home, about an hour away, and part of that was for us to understand just. You know what it was like uh-huh, to go through uh-huh. security and you know how does breast milk go through and I mean some of these you can you know you can research online but it's a little bit different when you're sort of in there in the process and like you know does the stroller have to go through and then you know can I take the stroller on the plane and if I do Do I walk it down the jet bridge? You know, just like all this sort of little things here and there. So we, yeah, we just jumped on a sort of a, I think it was a 40 minute flight and she went right to sleep. And we're like, Mm. okay, this feels like we'll be okay for our our upcoming flight. So I I think that, you know, especially if your first flight is going to be a, a long haul flight, I would suggest just to kind of a quick test run and also now you've got a built-in excuse to just take a weekend getaway a couple days mm-hmm. and you know mm-hmm. just just have some fun with your child
1: it's worthwhile it's worthwhile to do the test run I mean all that stuff you know I mean I guess at any time is I don't know the 13-hour flight or an hour flight it doesn't matter but just that first time of making sure you've got the ID for the kid if you need it you know you got your mm-hmm. passport or your birth certificate fold-up stroller just the hold that drill you know I mean, that's a really yeah. good idea to do that
0: once Right, and then like, how do you change? Like, is there enough space really in the bathroom to change your child? You know, yeah, just like all right. those little things, and um, you know, do you really want to throw the? Where do you put the diaper? Just all this stuff. And oh, and here's another one. Actually, since we're talking about diapers, um, when we travel, we have stopped traveling with diapers. It just takes up too much space and mm-hmm. luggage. Mm-hmm. So you know, we'll take a, a few days worth. <laughs> I would say the last time we came back though from asia we were cutting it real close we ended up with I think, one <laughs> one diaper um we were sweating it we're like you know what worse comes to worse we'll go find a parent whose kid is about yeah. our age and we'll ask uh-huh. to borrow a diaper but yeah i mean it just they take up so much space and it's you know it's easy to find diapers i think the only thing is that in certain countries um you know they're using the well most countries are it's the weights in kilograms so you just need to know how much your kid weighs in kilograms which is you know easy to figure out and then yeah other than that. I think that's good, and also it's kind of fun to see how other people have made their diapers because some countries have really great diapers, like super intelligently designed diapers. So that's always fun. Um, another trick that we've learned, uh, especially in Asia, where there's not a lot of space, whether it's you know in department stores or elevators or whatever, is get a super strol- a super small stroller. So mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. GB pocket we bought that the last time we went that so that stroller actually has the world record for smallest stroller so when you fold it up it fits um in the seat in the airline seat below you not like it it, so you can easily fit it in the overhead but it'll fit in the you know the storage space at your feet it's that small
1: it's i was gonna it's interesting because i was gonna make that comment too we had we had one that folded up and it was about the size of like two medium pizza boxes stacked on top of each other it might have been i think it was an upper baby but Similar. I I was going to, and it it was tiny. You could put it in a suitcase. You could put it over your shoulder. It was fantastic.
0: Yeah. So actually the last time we brought it home, we brought it home in the suitcase. So yeah, I mean, totally useful to have, especially, you know, in, in, in parts of the world where there's just not a lot of space, you know, I mean, in Asia, the elevators are tiny. You can fit, you know, a lot of times, like if we're in Japan, especially in the subway, you can basically fit the stroller and three people and that's it. Mm-hmm. And you know you're competing with older people that are trying to get in, and there's like one elevator per train. You know, it's just it's kind of a mess. So you know certainly those strollers are, are absolutely worth their weight to have something that's really small and that you know tight turning radius and everything. Another thing is that we so when we went to Hawaii I don't know a couple of years ago we bought travel car seats. Mm-hmm. So both of our kids were still in travel in car seats, and it felt Felt easier to do that than to rent them in Hawaii, which just felt like it was gonna be a pain. And so we bought the Costco, which is not the same as Costco, mm-hmm. but the Costco car seat, they're they are 50 bucks, they're 10 pounds, super light. And the weight is especially important when you're carrying all that stuff. you know. So mm-hmm. we get out of the airport, it's a, it was a 10, 14 day trip. So we've got you know two big roller bags, two small roller bags, a stroller, two car seats and two kids so you know it just it looks like you know we're moving all of our stuff because Mm -hmm. of all you know and so really to be able to throw those into some backpacks and you know it's only 10 pounds I mean sometimes that's lighter than the bag I take to work Mm -hmm. so you know that was really helpful and then for the younger kids I guess maybe the last thing for younger kids is and I mentioned we we actually talked about this in in, uh, episode 5 of the podcast about how to reunite with a lost child but uh, ID bracelets or, or or a geo bit like a a tracker so you know with the ID bracelets in particular you know email address phone numbers and the geo bit it just uh, through Bluetooth and Wi-Fi and cell signals you can kind of keep tabs on your kid and I think those are especially important when you're traveling internationally and you don't speak the language
1: mm-hmm.
0: because if your child gets separated you know they're already going to be in a, a state of stress and then on top of it if they can't understand what the adults who are trying to figure out how to reunite them with their parents are saying, whether it's police or just some, you know, some person who's trying to help out. You know, I think you, you really want to give that person as many different ways to get in touch with you. So that email address, phone number, you know, anything, any way that you could line, anything that you can think of to make it easier to to reunite with your child. So th- those are kind of things that I think of, you know, for, for the younger ones. Do, do you have any, I guess, I, specific things for, for older children, things that you noticed as, as the girls got older, where you're like, yeah, this now all of a sudden becomes more important as it relates to sort of travel tips.
1: The, I call them safety meetings. I don't have a tracking device or something that we could put on the the girls, which I, I probably will next time we travel, particularly internationally, but we would have more, particularly since they are, they're understand more they're better at speaking they can communicate better Mm -hmm. so we have our regular safety meetings which you know we have when we go to the park or whatever but this is you know but just on a larger scale make very clear these are the procedures this is what happens these are the people you look for this is where you go you know do you know the phone number and they never know the phone number and so on and so forth so just as they as they got older and it was easier to travel just generally and then you know easier to communicate with them about these sort of safety rules so Um, Mm -hmm. That's something we'll keep up. But I I do think the tracking device is worthwhile.
0: Yeah. And I like, you know, again, we're sort of referencing the previous podcast. so It might be good to go back and and listen to episode five. But, you know, one of the things that you were talking about in that podcast was, yeah, the safety meetings and sort of being proactive about that. And I like that because we don't always we don't always proactively do that. So I think that's something that we need to do, especially when you're in a new city or country or, you know, museum, as the case might be, or store or whatever. So I, I think we're going to have to just be more conscious about that as we're going through. So I think that was a, that was a good tip. F- for us, you know, on our end, so my son is a picky eater. He's still a picky eater. I'm hoping it grows out eventually. But on flights, especially long flights, I will usually bring his food because I know he's not going to eat whatever that, you know, is on mm-hmm. the plane. So it might be a, something as simple as just making a sandwich or something like that. It doesn't need to be anything crazy. But, you know, I'll generally have food for him as well as some snacks because otherwise, you know, by the time we get to where we're going, he's going to be a mess. So, Mm -hmm. you know, especially for picky eaters, make sure that you're sort of, you know, prepared for that. I mentioned earlier how our daughter didn't go to sleep that one time when she had the opportunity to just binge watch a whole bunch of videos. (laughs) And, And so what I found, the way that I actually solved that was I... Got her just, you know, some audiobooks or podcasts, whatever, but something that she can listen to to go to sleep. So I'll say, mm-hmm. hey, it's time to go to sleep. Shut this thing off, you know, put on some headphones and she'll eventually just drift off. Right. Because there's nothing there's no visual stimulus visual at that point. And, yeah. Right. And, and you know, the, the cabin lights are, are down because they're trying to get everybody to sleep anyway. So she'll nod off pretty quickly. So that was one that that, uh, you know, took a little bit of time for us to figure that one out. But that works. Um, I guess another, I sorry, I forgot another picky eater thing that I was thinking about is when you're in the venue and especially if you're internationally and you're having some hard times finding things that, you know, your kid will eat, don't forget to go to the grocery store or to, um, you know, the local convenience store, you know, 7-Eleven in other countries is, it's just cooler because it's there, it's local food. And so it's just, it's, it's more fun to go anyway. But, you know, we've been in places certainly where he won't eat anything. And so we'll go to the grocery store and we'll have to find cheese or strawberries, things which you actually in certain places will have to go to the gourmet store to get cheese, strawberry and yogurt because it's just not something that <laughs> they do a month in that country. But, you know, he'll he'll just pound through it. And as my in-laws uh, enjoy saying they're like, man, your kid is so American. <laughs> <laughs> just, just is like yes, I need cheese. I need strawberries, and like yeah, we don't we don't have a ton of that stuff here. So don't forget that you know sometimes that's you know that's what's necessary just to make sure they're eating something. And I think just again as as we're traveling, especially to other countries where we're not visiting family, I've learned that with two kids at you know four and six, or I guess four and seven, that not to schedule too many activities so I'm, I'm the planner kind of the way that we do things in our families my wife is sort of responsible for getting us to where we're going and then i usually plan everything else out so like the actual activities and then how we get from one activity to the next and if there are any sort of restaurants that we might visit in and i found that scheduling more than two activities is just it's too hectic yeah. so there's you know one morning activity you break for lunch and uh, you know, hopefully lunch is near the activity. I generally do that, but I know some people work their trips around food. So it just kind of depends where, you know, how sort of what you prioritize. And then, you know, one thing in the afternoon. And that usually is kind of all that, you know, all that I think you can comfortably get in without stressing yourself out mm-hmm. about missing this or that. And then I guess the last thing, especially as it relates to international travel. So when we come back, we're talking maybe usually 12 to 14 hours time difference. And we consistently send the kids right back to school the next day. So if they're, you know, if we come back on a Tuesday night, they're going to school on Wednesday. And I find that they adjust much quicker that way simply because, you know, they're with their friends. So they're just, they're having fun. They don't fall asleep. You know, if if I kept them out of school for that day, all they're going to do is sleep during the day and it's just going to continue to create problems. So, I really believe that it's just best to send them right back. And they actually tend to adjust much quicker than the adults do, I find, because, you know, again, they're, they're sort of in their element. They're
1: more resilient.
0: Yeah. So, you know, one thing I'm curious about, so my in-laws, they don't tell their son in advance about travel because it keys them up too much. I'm curious, do you sort of give advance, hey, girls, you know, and... A week from now we're going to go here or sort of how did you guys approach the is it like a big reveal <laughs> or you know is it like hey we're, we're gonna we're
1: gonna do this thing <laughs> wake up on saturday guess what we're not going to the park we're going yes. to
0: disneyland <laughs> which is exactly what my in-laws do they're like get up we're going to the airport <laughs>
1: yeah no we give them some heads up and i think it's fun to see the excitement like you say gets some keyed up but if it's far enough out there you know it's not like it's going to keep them up at night and it's it's also a nice way to kind of practice the passage of time, you know, calendars. We've got one up on the wall and be like, you know, here's today. You know, this is the weekend. We've got, you know, so many sleeps until this day. And then so we're going to take our trip. So it's um, it's fun to have that kind of countdown. It's not quite like Christmas Eve with the excitement, but it is that sort of advent calendar countdown to the trip. And then I feel that, um, you know, that the teaching method, that uh, the basic teaching method, tell people, you know, what you're going to tell them, tell them and then <laughs> tell them what you just told them. Something mm-hmm. similar to that in the travel, you know, we set up. Here's what we're gonna do. This is what we're gonna go see, and then they get there and they they're like, wow, like that's the thing, you know, that's the thing we've been talking about for two weeks, and then when we get home, you know, we kind of revisit the trip. I feel like it kind of solidifies those memories rather than just kind of being a, a kaleidoscope of, you know, of experiences over several days. They've got the, some some benchmarks of like, yeah, we said we were gonna see this thing, we were gonna do that thing, we did it, we saw it, and it just makes it feels like there's a little bit of a uh, structure to the trip. So. Hmm. overall I I, and it's fun to have them involved too and they do get excited they pack their own bags and things like that so yeah we get we get them we get them on board
0: yeah you know it's it's that's interesting because one of the things that I hadn't really thought about until you started talking about it too is that the sort of the advantage to having that conversation also and also as they're getting older is to allow them to help in the planning Mm -hmm. so yeah I mean I I like I said, I typically pick all the stuff and, and I, like, I know what the kids want to do, but I think that th- certainly our, our oldest daughter is old enough to sort of have some input to say, well, I'd rather do this instead. So I think that that is sort of, you know, hey, we're going to go here and then let's start talking about the kinds of things we're going to do. And I feel like also at this point, there can be a little bit more conversation around maybe prepping them things like, you know, cultural you know, hey, in this country, you know, people eat this for breakfast or that, you know, just kind of laying that foundation of saying, like, you know, we're going to go visit another country. It's going to be different. It's going to be fun. You're going to learn a lot of stuff. You're going to see a lot of new things. And sort of laying the foundation for that sort of. Teaching moment, I guess being proactive about making it a teaching moment. I think, mm-hmm. you know, when you have that conversation in advance and it, it, like I said, it's, it's something that I really haven't done too much before because I, I I guess part of me always worries about, you know, we're th- three months out and they're like, well, when are we going to go do that thing? And it's, you know, playing for the, like, <laughs> you know, the middle of the week on the, on the last week. And you're just like, OK, am I going to hear this for the next three and a half months? But uh, I do like, you know, what you say about understanding sort of the passage of time and I think that, again, certainly, you know, our daughter is old enough to be able to have some more input in into that. And I think that's also just in general where I'm starting to, to sort of see her growing is that, you know, she's capable of having more input into things as she has her own interests. Um, and it's obviously balancing them a little bit against, you know, our son and making sure that the adults can still do what they want. But I think that'll be the fun experience. And then for also her to understand that trade-off, right? Well, you know, okay, you picked your thing, now we're gonna pick our thing and you might not like going to it, but you're gonna do it because, you know, that that's the thing that we wanna do and that's part of how we travel is there's there's some trade-offs. So I, I like what you say about sort of prepping them for the trip and, and having that conversation.
1: You know what's funny? I was reflecting on this in this whole conversation. I don't think we've used the word vacation. and I think I think think that's key I mean we're talking about travel and I heard somebody say early on that uh, you know vacations with kids is pretty much just parenting somewhere else you know that's, that's pretty much what we're talking about but we can still have those experiences but I don't that idea of laying on the beach you know Laying in yeah. a hammock, those days are Right. That's not going to happen. Well, it's certainly, a, you
0: come back from the long trip, and you're like, man, I need a vacation now, right? <laughs> Once yeah. you've gotten back, right. you need time. And we actually, so here's a question. Do you guys, when you schedule trips, do you come back, like, the day before you're supposed to go back to work and the day before everyone's supposed to go back to school? I mean, assuming that you have some time, right? So, like, summertime where the kids, you know, well, actually, that's not true. Assuming that you have a little bit of time to say, okay, well, we can do 10 days and still, you know, be home for a couple of days before we have to get back into it? Or how do you schedule sort of your returns?
1: We've done it both ways. And I I can't say that we've got a sort of a principle about it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think probably frequently we'll come home on a Saturday and then have Sunday and then go to, I think it's also for me, you know, have a day off before I go to work on Monday. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we've Frequently, I think we do your method, where you know we come home Sunday night and then they they go to school on Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if there's not a big time change or anything like that, it's not a problem. And and I agree, they get into their rhythm, they get into the structure, and they just you know we're back to normal in no time.
0: Yeah, I I don't think again it's been so long since I've traveled, but I don't think we we have a, a process either necessarily. I mean, certainly sometimes it's like well we can come back a day earlier, but that's just one less day on the vacation. And we've spent, you know, whatever, 16 hours to get here. So let's just, let's just eke out another day, screw it. And we'll be tired, but it'll be fine. And at least we have one extra day because the truth too is on those flights, right? One extra day really is a half day when you consider all the, Mm -hmm, you know, getting mm -hmm. to the airport and you know, all that other stuff. So I think we generally try and push it as, as far as we can. And then if it's domestic travel, we'll we'll come back maybe a day early just to give ourselves a, a little bit of chance to kind of come home and do nothing but if it's international travel like I think we tend to just you know try like and go the distance yeah just yeah. maximize every little bit out of it cuz it's you know it's the one trip we have and and even right a long trip internationally is not it's not really that long right it's 10 days 14 days at the most so and and I think also as the kids get older I mean some of that time is because we have these you know random one week breaks But as the kids get older, it's harder to, um, you know, so sometimes we'll go beyond just the straight, you know, seven days. So it might be, they miss like a day of school or two days of school. And as they get older, that'll just be increasingly harder to just blow Mm. off a day Mm -hmm. of school. I mean, you know, pre-K three, whatever, who cares? It's, you know, (laughs) but middle school, high school, that becomes a little bit more significant. So, well, I mean, hopefully we'll both be back on the road pretty
1: soon, right? Yeah, I hope so.
0: (laughs) Well, we hope you found today's episode informative. If you'd like to support the podcast and hear more discussions around fatherhood, please subscribe and drop us a review. If you've got any questions for us, hit us up on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Papa Fatigue. That's P-A-P-A-E-S-T-F-A-T-I-G-U-E. Thanks for listening.